you know, businesses are facing incredible challenges and they just continue to do that um, because of this pandemic. So with our case numbers continuing to rise, I think it's clear that we're not seeing those challenges going away anytime soon. The survey told us that 80% of businesses saw their revenues drop. The average drop was, you know, almost 50%. Um, And nearly half of businesses have cut salaries and permanently laid off staff. You know, 58% have their teams working fewer hours. That's certainly true here at the Chamber of Commerce. We're down to four-day work week with the corresponding drop in pay. And we had to do that early on. We had no choice. This podcast is brought to you by Dentons, the world's largest law firm with a global team that builds agile, tailored solutions to meet the local, national, and global needs of private and public clients of any size in 183 locations serving 75 countries. Hi, everyone. My name is Heather Barnhouse, partner and lawyer in our Edmonton office. Welcome to my podcast where I explore the topic of women in entrepreneurship and leadership and the ecosystem supporting the growth of this segment. Today I'm joined by Janet Riopel, President and CEO of the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce. I'm excited to talk to her today about her views on boosting economic recovery in the city of Edmonton in the wake of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Welcome Janet. Thanks Heather, happy to be here. Can you give us a little background about yourself and the role that the Chamber of Commerce plays in this city? Oh, sure. Uh, So I'm a a local girl, born and raised in Edmonton. Um, I've lived here uh, with great enthusiasm for this city. I started in the land development industry. That's where I built most of my career. I moved out of it for a while, uh, quite a while actually, about 16 years, and went into uh, well, actually working with, with the public and the private sector um, on contract work that was really acting as a change agent. So I would take projects when they looked like there was no hope, and I would uh, <laughs> rebuild them, restructure them, uh, bring them into a new dimension, find somebody to run the organization, often staff it up, and I'd move on. Uh, I did that for a number <laughs> of years. It was tons of fun. I then moved back into the land development industry, and well, when 2014 came and our economy was slowing down like crazy, I was approached by the uh, board of directors of the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce and asked if I would consider coming in and rebuilding the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce, modernizing it, bringing it into a new dimension, and, and helping it to realize the potential that it, that it had that maybe it hadn't realized yet. So here I am now as the president and CEO of the Chamber of Commerce. And, uh, you know, the Edmonton Chamber, it it supports and enhances the business community. That's really what our purpose is, to support and enhance the business community here in Edmonton. And and we do that through a whole bunch of different ways. You know, we advocate to governments on conditions that, that will really keep our region competitive, our province competitive. We also deliver educational experiences. You've probably been to uh, to some of them. <laughs> Things that help us understand how a government is looking at something, how something is impacting us. I mean, let's talk about COVID if we want to look at that. Right. We've been bringing all kinds of programming to the business community on how to pivot your business, how to, how to reimagine it or readapt it. 
Um, and then and then it's about connections, and a lot of people think of Chambers of Commerce for that reason, as places to network, to meet others, to to find new markets, uh, things like that. So that that's not a very short answer, but that's what we do. Um, it's it's interesting that you alluded to the fact that you know, especially in this COVID nineteen situation that we are still in, that there's been some educational opportunities and some programming that the chambers focused on to help people really think about how to pivot their business and, and, and the, you know, the effects and the consequences of that. I know that the Edmonton chamber has recently released a set of recommendations known as forging our future, which focuses on findings related to local businesses in this, in this current environment. Can you tell us a little bit about that research and, and how it was done, how it was completed? Well, what we did was, uh, you know, Forging Our Future was something that uh, we, we started out just calling it our Economic Transformation Task Force. We heard uh, from the community loud and clear that somehow we had to start bringing people together to start rethinking how we were going to uh, to look at our economic future. So we went out and we we made a dream team guest list of leaders in, in government and community and business and not-for-profit, social sector and, and policy sectors alike. We made this dream team of individuals that we would love to bring together to start rethinking this, and they all said yes. Wow. So we suddenly had um, you know, over 200 leaders, all wow. kinds of community industry leaders and experts, and we, we brought them together in roundtables to examine areas and issues of concern to the community. You know, then we also undertook a survey of not just our members, of the broader business community with a need to sort of better understand the challenges of local business owners. And we brought all of that work together to result in in a, a set of recommendations with seven key drivers, all with the intent of helping, you know, our business community, which is in so much trouble right now, withstand this pandemic, but harnessing new opportunities, understanding what those opportunities are so that we can boost our economic recovery. And the other thing about this, Heather, that came about was there's a a real need to build a more inclusive economy, you know, to support our long-term growth and our diversification. And you've seen our report, you've seen things in there that may not typically be something you'd think a chamber of commerce or the business community is talking about. Yeah, for sure. It was, it was really fascinating to, to dive into some of that, some of those findings and, and the, the unexpected things that, uh, that, that were touched on, which I thought was really, really well done and really comprehensive. Can you tell us what the key findings are and the recommendations you've alluded to them, but can you go in a little bit more detail? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like time and time again, we, had some key themes that kept coming up. So the need to diversify the economy, that's no thats no surprise to any of us, right? right. We right. have right. to build on, our, on the key strengths that we already have, and we, we absolutely have to figure this out. The need to provide, you know, greater ability for businesses to plan for, for further impacts, because right now we're, we're, we're dealing with things on very short-term horizons. We've got to be able to plan for, for our future in a bigger way. The need to strengthen our childcare system came up from yeah. all sectors. You know, what we know as employers is, you know, parents are faced with not being able to go back to work. 
or they're faced with having to exit the workforce now, you know, simply because of some certain factors. High cost of childcare came up frequently. Um, flexibility of our childcare system came up frequently. Those things are impeding people's ability to get back into the workforce. There's another one that came up, and it came up again from all sectors, was the need to address our ongoing issues related to homelessness. Um, mm, you know, interesting. It's, the impacts of that are being felt keenly across, across you know, our entire city. When you see a, a survey that says that 85% of, of our residents don't even want to come downtown, you know that's mm-hmm. that's alarming. It's 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 sad, yeah. and yeah. we've got to address the issues that are that are related to homelessness. I think, in summary, when we when we talk about these things, you know, you can you can really say that lots of things have come to light with the with COVID nineteen. Um, but this pandemic has really put the vulnerabilities of our society, like front and center for us, right right in our faces. Yeah. And I think what we realized as we brought all these leaders together to to deliberate all of this um, this information is that we have to have strong social and economic policies in order to create a yeah. more vibrant community. It's not one or the other. And one of the uh, the participants uh, um, on the on the roundtable said, "You know, when businesses succeed, communities succeed, and vice versa." And I I thought that's very simple, but it's absolutely true. Yeah, it, it's it is a, a really succinct way of sort of articulating what I think is common sense, but, um, you know, maybe not exactly within our reach all the time that we're thinking of it. I, I wonder what we can take. So, so those, those findings uh, are, are a very good way of articulating what, you know, what the, what the research showed. Who needs to be at the table for implementing these recommendations? You spoke about how there was all these leaders at the table for gathering the information and doing the research. How can business owners support these recommendations? And what action items can leaders take to see to the implementation of these recommendations? Hmm, that's a big question, hey? Um, (laughs) You know, we need all three orders of government to work closely together, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got yeah, to for we, sure. we've got to navigate a really long road of economic recovery. Yeah. Um, I, I I fear a really long road of economic recovery, and not only that, just this uncertainty, um, this insecurity that we're all feeling, um, not knowing, you know, what lies ahead. What's uh, chief medical officer going to say tomorrow? Um, right. What What is government going to have to do? What are we going to see on the streets tomorrow? We We just don't know these things. What's happening with schools? So the business community right now has been giving really high marks to to all governments, and in our survey, they showed that 62% across the board are supportive of what government's been doing. And I think that really shows um, that the business community really appreciates the you know this tireless work that our governments have taken. I mean, they're they're doing everything that they can or that they perceive yeah. they can to provide like vital support programs, right? Right, and right. programs that would normally take months or years to develop are now taking days or weeks. And, there, you know, there's all kinds of evidence of that. But but we all are worried, we're all worried that the government uh, may have to slow down their pace. And yeah, yeah. we can ill afford for that. It was clear, I think, that we need more seats at the decision-making table overall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the discussion about not leaving anyone behind came up time and time again, and I think it's a really important discussion. If we're leaving 
our female population behind because of childcare um, limitations, right. things like that. Or if we're leaving our indigenous communities behind, we're only punishing ourselves. We're only further hampering ourselves from being able to um, get this economy up and running because it's really, it's really about jobs, about putting people to work and making sure that, that we're, we're all building this economy together and that it's going to work for all of us. And, you know, that's got a lot of facets to it. I don't have mm-hmm. the answers to that, but I think that it, it became very obvious in, uh, in forging our future in our report that somehow we've got to chart this path together, right, if we want to build a, a resilient and an inclusive and a stable economic future. Yeah, I think that's really interesting that um, I think, you know, that underlying message is uh, let's all be at the table together and let's draw on the strengths of each other to really navigate this path forward and, and adapt as we as we need to and as we learn new information or as, you know, different different scenarios unfold. And I think that that what I understand from why the community in general is giving the government, you know, generally high marks for its responsiveness and for its resilience in terms of, of rolling out programs at, at lightning speed like we've never seen before, that can only continue to the extent that everybody is at the table and everybody is working together and, and really bringing their strengths together, whether that's business owners or government officials, as you say. And so I think, um, you, you know, what you're what you've highlighted is there's a real need to continue in that spirit of, of collaboration and, and cooperation. And then the, the community as a whole can can thrive from that or we can problem solve collectively together. Yeah, there's no, there's, there's absolutely no question about that. Um, mm-hmm. And as I say, we, you know, it was a broad, really diverse community that came together with complete agreement, unanimous agreement across mm-hmm. the board. It may have been expressed in different ways, but it yeah. all, it all came down to, you know, the, the hardcore realities of this inclusiveness that's so important. We, of course, don't know how long the current pandemic will last and, and of course, more importantly, how long businesses will be living with, with the uncertainty that they currently find themselves in. Do you have any recommendations or steps to encourage business owners to take to mitigate against this uncertainty? Um, I wish I knew more about what I could, uh, <laughs> could speak to businesses about. We're learning just like everybody else. The analogy was building a plane while you're flying it. Um, we also yeah. feel like we're doing that. But we are learning, right? And we are learning yep. and we are able to share that. But right now what we know, let's if I can take you back to the survey for a minute, we know yeah. that you know businesses are facing incredible challenges and they just continue to do that um, because of this pandemic. So with our case numbers continuing to rise, I think it's clear that we're not seeing those challenges going away anytime soon. The survey yeah. told us that 80% of businesses saw their revenues drop. The average drop was, you know, almost 50%. Um, wow. And nearly half of businesses have cut salaries and permanently laid off staff. You know, 58% have their teams working fewer hours. That's certainly true here at the Chamber of Commerce. We're down to four-day work wow. weeks with the corresponding drop in pay. And we had to do yep. that early on. We had no choice. Um, yep. So uh, the other thing, and we're very thankful for this, is the wage subsidy. Almost three quarters of the businesses we surveyed, three quarters, 75%, have access to government support. And the, the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy was by far the most used program. 62% are using wow. a wage subsidy. 
Um, Those are big then numbers. Then subsidy quits, and thank goodness it's, it's you know, right now extended to the end of June. When that wage subsidy stops next year, I'm, you know, I'm just not sure where we'll be. Um, if yeah. you can tell me where we'll be by the end of June, I would really appreciate it. But uh, <laughs> you know, My crystal ball's not shined um, up today. I no kidding. But what we know is, right now, we can't go back to the way things were. So right. any business that, um, you know, mistakenly thinks that once this pandemic is over, they can go back to operating the way things mm-hmm. were, I really don't believe that they can. I don't I think we know when this will end, but we do know how profound the computer or consumer behavior has changed, right? Right, right. Uh, consumer behaviors have changed dramatically already, and they're going to continue to. I mean, how do you get your transportation? How do you get your food? How do you, you know? How do you secure yeah. any number of products and services now? It's different. Over half of the businesses that we talked to said our economic situation is worsening. You know, and then yeah. and then and then another third said that the economy is stagnant. It's not getting any better, but it's not getting any worse. Well, you know what that means? Over eighty percent of businesses aren't seeing any light on the horizon right now. They're just not. Uh, if it, you know, it, businesses who are navigating this successfully right now are are embracing the uncertainty and pivoting or adapting their operations. And we just had a panel discussion for Small Business Week last week. We listened to three small business operators talk about how they came into work and stopped everything. What they were doing: some are manufacturing, some are, you know products. Some are delivering services, but they stopped everything and said, what does the market want us to be? Where are we going to find our next revenue source? There's no time for busy work here. And so I think the uh, recommendation would be, like, examine all your usual activities and and ask yourself which ones are going to bring money in the door. That's what these three uh, operators did, and it caused them to look at things very, very differently. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I think that's that's really um, insightful that uh, the, the businesses that will survive are the ones that have taken that hard look and they've they've figured out where will the revenue come from and and where my revenue comes from tomorrow might not be anywhere close to where my revenue came from last week or you know last year and and how can we make that sustainable? I'm also seeing a lot of business owners who are taking the opportunity where where possible uh, to really examine sort of the back end of their business or the other side of their business and really focus on where can we streamline or where can we reduce things that might not be so efficient and where can we trim in in a process-related way so that when we do come out of this, we're really well set up for growth or for our pivot uh, because we've really sort of drilled down on the things that will make us more efficient and make us profitable long term. And so I think maybe the combination of looking at both sides of that coin um, can really set a, a business owner up for for success whenever whenever this uh, this this turns around. So I think that's really interesting. Uh, and and uh, and you're you're absolutely bang on here. Um, I'll tell you what, one of the things that surprised us uh, most when we got our survey results back, was how much mm-hmm. our job creators are like proving themselves to be exactly what we know Alberta business owners are. They're entrepreneurial and they're resilient. That's, yeah. that's really yeah, absolutely. our very yep. best qualities, right? So yep. 85% of businesses, even though there's so much uncertainty swirling around them right now, 85% 
said they're feeling prepared if governments have to impose new restrictions or lockdown again. They're, yeah, well, they're prepared. They're figuring it out. Yeah. So they're looking at their front and backs, right, to see yeah. what they need to do. The one other thing that I didn't talk about that I think is really important, it came through loud and clear during that panel discussion I was talking about, and something yeah. that the chambers really realized too, finding ways to boost morale like and maintain your workplace mm-hmm. culture and yeah. bring your team together, those things are crucial to success right now, critical to success. You know, I'll, yeah. give, you a, I'll yeah. give you an example from our own. We, we were doing Zoom team meetings with everybody away. Everybody's back here now. They came back when school went back in. But when we were all apart, we were doing Zoom meetings, uh, team meetings once a week. And we had some great people. We have what we call, instead of a social committee, we have what we call a super fun good times committee. <laughs> and our super fun good times committee was doing Zoom scavenger hunt. All our oh, team members were super having to find items around their house and bring them to the screen. It was a ton of fun. And it made yeah. us feel really connected to each other. And, and it, w- it was amazing how innovative, not me, but how innovative some of the people <laughs> on that call were for, for responding, right? And then, yeah. like a whole bunch of others, we started doing, you know, Friday afternoon hangouts, right? Just to, yep. just to listen to each other. And people just got to use us just to talk. And we were doing yeah. that for really for our own mental health. Yeah, it is. It is interesting because that, as you say, the the importance of that culture and of the of the well being of the team, not just individually, but of the team. And that's one of the things that can easily be lost or can fall through the cracks when everybody's trying to figure out how to work remotely. But as you say, not only is it is it good for morale and good for everybody to to connect, but it's super fun, right? <laughs> so it's great that that there's people who are, um, are are able to find those ways to connect. And and you know, I hope some of those things will continue post pandemic. Those those fun things, those unexpected ways that we found to connect, and you know, bring the, your favorite picture of your dog or whatever it is. Um, and you get to know people in a little bit of a different way than than just the water cooler talk. Yeah, you know, and you're absolutely right. And I mean, we've already come back, and you get back into the workforce, and you feel like you. You're losing touch already, so you're right. We've got to employers have to make a conscious effort to do that, and mm-hmm. and have the team you know around them to make it happen. But it is fun. Yeah, um, I want to pick up on your comment where you, that you made about one of the surprising things um, from from the report was sort of the resilience that that really shone through. Was there anything else that was either surprising or unexpected that you found in the results? Well, I mean, there were there were lots of things that came out of the results that, that maybe we weren't totally expecting. One of them is, you know, the whole issue of a, of a sales tax. And yep. I think that's really interesting. You know, for a number of years now, it, I mean, it rears its head and it, and it recedes a little bit and mm-hmm. it comes back. Yep. But I think, we think at the Chamber, it's time to start a serious conversation and we're committed to being part of that. You know, we're, we haven't called for a sales tax, but I think mm-hmm. we need a greater conversation around it, right? We thought the McKinnon panel was a great first step, right? It brought Alberta's spending under control or did, did, did yeah. establish ways to bring Alberta's spending under control. But now the province is enacting a bunch of those recommendations. We think it's time to take an in-depth look at the other side of the ledger, right? Yeah. So we'd, we'd yeah. like to see a, a panel struck similar to the McKinnon panel, um, to examine our government's revenues 
to better understand what our long-term physical health is, right? And how we can respond to that. And then if that's going to happen, Heather, you can't ignore the stickiest question of all, the the really sticky question. As I say, it's it's been here my whole lifetime. You know, should Alberta consider a a provincial sales tax or a harmonized sales tax? I'm sure everybody listening right now has an opinion on this. And they're usually not ambivalent opinions. They're hard yes or a hard no. The point, my point is, it's an important discussion, and it needs oh, to sure. be informed by businesses and economic experts and Albertans at large. And it has to start. Someone has to step up and start this conversation in a serious way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, interesting. Um, you've you've also touched on this uh, with this with your last comment about Alberta generally. For our listeners that are slightly further away from from Edmonton, are the lessons and trends that were surfaced in these findings and recommendations applicable to them? In other words, were the findings really representative of Alberta-based business, or is there something that makes these results unique to local Edmonton businesses only? You know, um, it's a great question. I would say that our uh, roundtables that resulted in Forging Our Future, for the most part, um, they were businesses in the Edmonton region. But I'll say this about that as well. It's pretty darn hard not to be an Albertan in this province. And when you're running a company, we have invisible boundaries all over the place that we call municipal or regional or, you know, county boundaries, whatever they are. They're invisible, and we're doing business across these these divides all the time and throughout the province. So um, the, the the information and the and the feedback and the input we got, I would say, is pretty darn representative of a broad swath across our province. It's, mm. And then when you get into certain industries that participated, right, in forestry or in oil and gas or um, gosh, in, in, you know, technology or real estate or post-secondary, those all work throughout our province. They're not, they're not local here. Many of them don't have their headquarters here in Edmonton. So right. I, I will say that I feel quite confident. The other thing is our survey results, we conducted the survey jointly with the Calgary Chamber of Commerce. So the okay. survey results are, uh, are, are very broad. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I think the thing that makes it different when you get into Edmonton is um, things like the our, our results as a, as a result of COVID, right? Like the rising number of cases mm-hmm. in our city that are making right. things much different here than they would be in, say, Red Deer. Um, right. You know, I mean, I looked actually Red Deer it was just on our on our radar today, but it has 39 cases. We have 2,200. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, th- that changes things dramatically, and it would change the, 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 the position of government on what, has yeah. to, uh, what measures have to be taken, or health officers. It changes how businesses can interact with their consumers and what they can do, right? Yeah, yeah, but for I, sure. But I guess, I guess as far as a, as a business goes, um, a business is going to figure out how to be ready, in a state of readiness, how to adapt, how to how to appeal to their consumer, and they're going to do it no matter whether they're here or they're in the, you know, summer village of Ross Haven, which is where my cabin is, but they're going to figure that out because they're business owners, they're entrepreneurial, they, they yeah. 
figure things out. They get it. They they do what they need to do to meet their customer needs and to succeed. Yeah, interesting. You know, Janet, this has been really, really fascinating diving into the into the recommendations and the findings and, and hearing really that that theme of, of hope and the fact that we can figure this out and we know that there's some opportunities and we're resilient and, and we're going to find a way to, to really get out of this and, and, and thrive, continue to thrive. If our listeners are interested in, in learning more, where can they access a copy of the full Forging Our Future report? Um, they can access that and so much more on our website at eventonchamber.com. Uh, okay. They can subscribe to our newsletters and get you know current information uh, as things are happening, and they can find out about any of the of the events or educational offerings or connectivity to government that that we have, and we can link them to. Well, thanks so much for taking time to speak with me today. I think this has been a really important conversation and and really sheds some important insight on how we collectively navigate our way out of this pandemic. Well, you know what, Heather, this has been my pleasure and thanks so much for for doing this and uh, for being such a great community leader yourself. Really, really appreciate all that you do in our community. Oh, well, thank you kindly. Thank you for joining the podcast today. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe or follow to get notified when we have an update.